I'm James Brian Smith. Welcome to the Things Above podcast. You're listening to episode 61. If you missed the pilot episode or this is your first time listening, this is a podcast for what we call Mind Discipleship. It's a podcast for those who want to set their minds on things above. That's where the name of the podcast comes from, Colossians 3, verse 2, where Paul says, set your minds on things above. James Allen once wrote, the man who sows wrong thoughts and prays that God will bless him is like a farmer who, having sown tares, asks God to bring forth him a harvest of wheat. That which you sow, you will reap. So, this podcast is to help people put their minds on things above, some really good thoughts, things that will help us reap a harvest of goodness and beauty and truth in our lives. Today's thought from above is this, you don't have to make it happen. The summer before my junior year of high school, I attended a fairly elite basketball camp led by a famous college basketball coach. Each day, this coach would speak to all of the campers and offer us an inspirational talk. One of those talks was on the acronym KISS, and this acronym of KISS stands for Keep It Simple, Stupid. While it's not nice, my mother would say, to use the word stupid in any context, that acronym, which is fairly popular, is a reminder that too often in our lives we fail to keep things simple, fail to focus on the basics. We tend to make things too complicated. I'm not sure I paid a lot of attention to that talk as I was mostly interested in playing basketball. And to be honest, I was really focused on one particular goal I had that week, which was to make the all-star team. Each camp concluded with the top 14 players forming two teams and playing a full game in front of all the players, coaches, and college recruiting scouts. So that's really what I was focused on. But there was one speech I did remember and would remember for many years to come. I think I remembered it mainly because it had a catchy title that rhymed, and rhyming is an excellent rhetorical device. It helps us remember things. The title of the talk was this, If it is to be, it's up to me. If it is to be, it's up to me. Now, the whole point of the talk was this. You, and only you, are the one who makes things happen. You're the one who determines your future, your destiny. Implicit in this message is that one should never rely on or count on other people. It's kind of a take-charge message. It's a call to take control of your life and to make stuff happen. Don't wait on someone else to make your dreams come true. Make them happen yourself. In the world of self-help slogans, it's a pretty good one. It's the kind of slogan or mantra one can say each morning and perhaps several times a day to fire yourself up, to motivate yourself. And I think it's appealing because there is a part of us that really likes control, that likes to be at the center. Telling me I'm the one who makes it all happen is not only motivational, it's, well, a little narcissistic. 
I mean, because it falls squarely on the category of it really is all about me. Before I offer a critique of this slogan, let me say what I think can be helpful about it. In truth, the only person we have any real control over is ourselves. I can encourage other people, I can pray for other people, I can help other people, support other people, but in the end, what they do is up to them. The same is true of others toward me. People can help me, they can advise me, but ultimately, I am the one who has to make the decision. That's because God designed us with a will, with the capacity to choose. It is a part of being made in God's image, I think. Each of us is responsible for what we think and what we do. So, in a sense, if something is to be, it really does require me. If, for example, you're listening to this podcast because you, know, you want to learn how to set your mind on things above, on thoughts and ideas and narratives that are true and excellent, and you want to learn how to take every thought captive to Christ, right? 2 Corinthians 10.5. So those are noble aims, noble aspirations. But if that's going to happen, ultimately you will be the one who chooses it, the one who engages in the necessary work to make it become a reality. Nobody else can do that for you. Or to put it another way, it simply won't happen without your consent and without your effort. That is what is true about the statement, if it is to be, it's up to me. But here's where the slogan fails, and not only fails, but actually leads to a host of problems. The notion that everything I want to be is up to me is completely false when it comes to living the life from above, as we like to say. Think about some of the most important things in our lives. How about being born or coming into existence at all. We had nothing to do with that. I had zero to do with my own conception, my own birth, and my entire existence for at least a few years was completely dependent on other people. Thankfully, I had parents, and of course, God, who are responsible for my existence. And it was those same parents and siblings and caregivers who fed me and clothed me and burped me. And so from the start, if I was to be, it emphatically was not up to me. And how about our redemption or our forgiveness or our new birth in Christ? Once again, I had nothing to do with those incredible aspects of my life. Unless accepting a gift is in some way making something happen, which it isn't. Those are all acts of grace. Grace means gift. Grace comes from the Greek word charis, which means that it's something that can't be earned. So God in Christ redeemed me, forgave me, reconciled me, regenerated me, or gave me new life, life from above. And again, all I did was to accept those gifts which is no merit on my part. I even needed God's grace to accept the gifts. And really, all of life is a gift, isn't it? I mean, every aspect of our life is an act of grace. The air we breathe is a gift. The food we eat 
is an act of grace, which is why we literally say grace before we eat. Okay, someone may say, but you know what? I kind of think of myself as a self-made person. I was the one who went to school. I was the one who studied hard. I got a good job. I worked. I made money. I accomplished things and so forth. Now, while that may be true in a sense, even your ability to work and think and act and move and breathe is a gift. I think it's a great act of hubris or pride to think that I have accomplished anything in my life completely on my own. In addition to being false, the slogan, if it is to be, it's up to me, is actually a tremendous burden. Because according to this narrative, everything is on me, as we say. This narrative can actually be pretty deadly. And to be honest, it's one that I actually have to battle each and every day. I've believed this false narrative for a long time. It impacts nearly everything I do. I catch myself thinking things like, well, I've, I've got to figure out how to solve this problem. Or I'm the one that's got to come up with this creative lecture or even come up with a podcast or write a book. As if, dare I say, it's all up to me. That can be the, the approach. That can be the deadly trap. So back to that all-star game that I was aiming at. I really wanted to be the MVP of that game because it came with some prizes and with everybody watching, I thought, wow, I want to do that. So with that coach's speech in mind, I focused on becoming the MVP of that all-star game. So yes, I did make the team, the all-star team, and the game began and I went after it, man. I took off. I was, I was doing everything I could to try to stand out. And every time I got the ball, I was trying to find a way to score. And I did okay. In fact, I ended up leading that game in scoring. I think I had 14 points. But I, what I did was in my attempt to stand out to become the MVP of this game, I really pretended as if the whole game was on my shoulders. I wanted to be the center and the focus. So I took a lot of shots, probably a bunch of unnecessary shots. Here's the story. I didn't win the MVP, even though I led the game in scoring. Who got the MVP? It was actually one of my teammates. And he didn't have many points, but he led the game in rebounds and assists. So for maybe non-basketball players there, an assist is what happens when you make a good pass to someone and they score as a result of your pass. And one of my roommates overheard some of these coaches talking. And they were talking about, like, who they were going to award this, this prize to. And they all said, yeah, you know, that, that one guy, he, boy, he really was looking out for the rest of his teammates. He was making some great passes. He worked hard getting rebounds. And when I heard that story, to be honest, it really crushed me. But it was one of my best life lessons because my teammate won that award because he was a team player. He realized it wasn't all about him. It wasn't on his back. He wasn't trying to do anything except play really well and support his teammates. And I've never forgotten that. I mean, it stuck with me throughout my life. And what a great illustration that, that this idea of it is to be, it's up to me, is really just a false narrative. What an example, because it wasn't all up to me. Basketball is a team game. 
It involves your teammates and other people doing their job. And I think that's a perfect example of what I'm trying to say here, that it is the grace of God, the action of God, working with God, cooperating with God in the things that we do that really matters. I suspect you listening today are thinking about things in your life, things that you have struggled with, things you're working on, things you're concerned about, things you feel like, I got to make this happen. Let me just say this. You don't have to make it happen. You are working with a God of grace. I was recently in Australia, and it was wonderful to be down under and to be speaking and doing various things and seeing the, the ministry of the kingdom of God advance. While I was there, I, they gave me some lovely little gifts. I got a little stuffed koala and some other things. But a person came up and gave me a gift that really surprised me. Like, I didn't see it coming. And here's the backstory of the gift. The backstory of the gift is that in 2006, Dallas Willard went to Australia, and he was there for a few weeks doing ministry. And it turns out that Dallas's time in Australia planted a lot of seeds that are now uh, bearing fruit, like there's a harvest from the work that he did there. Here's a funny kind of side note. Before Dallas went to Australia, back in 2006, he decided to get up on his roof to clear away some brush that had grown on his roof. So he got on his roof and was doing that work, and he fell off his roof and broke his hip. And typical of Dallas, he didn't cancel the trip. He, he still went to Australia with a broken, a fractured hip and, you know, did this incredible ministry most of the time in a wheelchair. That's a weird side story. But nonetheless, so Dallas is down there doing this incredible work. And I'm getting to meet all of these people, men and women who are coming up saying, you know, I was here in 2006. I heard Dallas speak. He taught at this. He did this thing. And so it was a beautiful thing, particularly as one who, you know, loves Dallas so much and, and values his, his life and his ministry. To, just to see the effects was great. But this guy came up to me and he said, I want to give you this gift. And I opened up the gift and inside of it was a mug. And this mug uh, had a picture of Dallas on it. And right underneath the picture of Dallas was a quote, which was something that Dallas said several times to many people in many of his talks down there that really took root. And this is what it says on the mug. You don't have to make it happen. And, of course, I remember Dallas saying that. And I said to the man who gave it to me, I said, well, you know, why was that so important to you? And he talked about some of the pressures that you feel particularly in ministry and, and life in general, in parenting, in our marriages and everything. We think, I, I have to make this happen. I have to figure it out. And what Dallas was teaching uh, through this, this mug to me even today is that we aren't the ones who make it happen. We are living life in the very real, very present kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is God's provision, God's power, God's protection, everything that we need so that we literally do not have to make it happen because we are interacting with God. Now, of course, this doesn't mean that we don't do anything. Right? If, we, if we do nothing, Dallas would often say, we can do nothing without God. But if we do nothing, it will be without God. And so Dallas really understood that incredible balance that we act and God acts. It's that synergy of grace. An important verse is 1 Corinthians 15.10, where Paul says this, 
But by the grace of God I am what I am, and His grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Do you hear in that verse? I worked harder than all of them, yet it wasn't I, but the grace of God that was with me. See that slogan, if it is to be, it's up to me. That pushes God out, right? The, the, the coach who offered this particular speech never brought God into it, certainly not Jesus or any kind of interaction with the kingdom. That wasn't a part of his worldview. His message was basically, if you want something to happen in your life, you have to do it. But we understand that we live our lives from above. We live our lives with the presence of God, with the grace of God in everything that we do. And in that sense, it isn't up to me. I don't have to make it happen. But I act. I act in confidence that God will be with me in all that I do. And that's why we can say, it is the grace of God that is with me. If it is to be, it's not up to just me. It's God who's working within me. I hope you join me next week for episode 62. It's a Things Above conversation with Derwin Gray, former NFL player and now a dynamic pastor and prolific author. It's a good one you won't want to miss. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith, and you can learn more about this podcast at apprenticeinstitute.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a friend, and you can also subscribe, which means you're going to get them automatically each week. My hope, as always, is that one day if you're asked, what's on your mind? Your answer will be, things above.